Blog Talk Radio. I thought you said Tom Brady, so I, I put the boys back in town. Sorry. 
Um, I did say Tom Brady, but you didn't have to do that. Uh, there's other Tom Brady stuff on there. Um, but, no, we, we've had um, a good long run, and um, I appreciate the listen from all over the world. Um, it's kind of weird, like, the friendships that I've created because of this. Um, but, all right, enough of the sappy bullshit. Angel, take it away. Ooh, where do we begin? You know, you got the big game, uh, what, four days away. Um, we can start there. We can start with the whole Brett Favre, you know, saga going on in the world. Can I start with uh, something else? Sure, go ahead. Are you surprised that the devil have COVID oral? Well, surprised about the Devils, no. Surprised that this is multiple teams now. Um, who else was it today that, uh, hold on. Another sure, team, Buffalo. what, you had the Islanders, Buffalo, the Devils. Uh, who was the other team that came out came down today? Vegas seems to be getting over there. Coming at the Sharks. But here's my thing with the Devils. They play in Newark, the COVID capital of New Jersey. I wasn't surprised by this. And, and, and to be honest with you, for as great the NHL had with the protocol, with the bubble, you know, it's seems like every team's going to get their little share of it. You know, Washington went through theirs, and they're like, well, fuck it. You guys fucked up. We're not going to – we're going to penalize them. And it really penalized them, I don't know. But, like, you saw, like, Minnesota Vegas was a team played today, a game. By the way. All right, so Vegas plays a game without, you know, their entire coaching staff. Kelly McCurman's behind the bench. They had the whole Henderson night, Silver Knights. Coaching staff behind the bench, then a player gets it, and then they shut shit down for 10 days. They've gone over it, it seems. You know, they've had some negative tests, and they've had four straight days of negative tests, so they're back on the ice. They'll play Friday. New Jersey's issue is, and this is the league's issue, when you play games on back-to-back nights, you're not getting the testing back fast enough to 86 players from playing to then move the game. Devils played a back-to-back weekend series with Buffalo, and now you got the Devils that have it, and the Devils, I mean, you know, like, here's the thing. Like, every year in the NHL, some team catches a flu bug. And it rips through a locker room. That's why they've given teams bye weeks. You know, kind of like, all right, if the flu is going to hit you, let it hit you now. COVID bug was only bound to happen. There is, and we hope all the Devils players get over it and none of them, you know, become seriously ill. And, you know, because that would shut shit down again. Um, 
But, you know, at some point, the league's got to rethink their testing. And it seems like they're in the middle of doing that now. Well, you know, you knew, you knew this was going to happen. Um, first off, they did such a great job with the bubble last year. But that's not feasible to do a full season in a bubble. So, you know, with the traveling going on, and I know they did a great job in terms of you not having teams travel as much. Like they start, they did the back-to-back, you know, and they did the home-of-homes where it's at the same home. So, yeah, yeah it was smart it's smart how they did it. Uh but, you know, like you said, you know, COVID, you know, it's it's going to happen. And um, is this going to be where, you know, it's going to be so detrimental that you should you need to stop the season? No. You know, you know what's the no. terms of, you know, what's and their vaccination policy? Right. So it's just very, very curious to see how they go forward with the vaccination, and you know, <laughs> excuse me, you know, and how they're going to be able to navigate. Now I'm sure, you know, once they get past this regular season, I'm sure for shits and giggles and for just precautionary reasoning, they might do another bubble. I'm thinking, you know, for the playoffs. I think no, it would be smart to do that. I think it would be smart to do it, but you know, but here's the thing. I think at that point, at that point, vaccines should be readily available to these guys. Like, I think you get past this, and I think, you know, like by. I would say, like you can't even say President's Day because President's Day is early this year. If we're still talking about teams having outbreaks in three weeks, then you got to start thinking, like, well, what do we do now? But if you can get through these next 10 to 14 days without, you know, this ravaging the league, then I think that the NHL got grazed by the bullet. They didn't take it full on. I mean, you've seen the NBA deal with it. You've seen the NFL deal with it. And what they'll do is they'll just make the protocol stronger and be like, look, obviously, you know, we, um, you know, we it's not even like the honor system because, like, I don't, I, I, I've never thought, and I think I said, I never thought the NHL would have a problem with this. Problem is, is that guys are going home to their wives. Guys are going home to their kids. Some kids are, you know, not doing remote learning. Going to the strip club. Oh, that's the that's the NBA. Um, but like, all you need is. You know, these guys get on a flight. A flight attendant, Scott, doesn't know it. They're asymptomatic. And the next thing you know is they're spreading all over the fucking place. So, you know, like, 
I think the NHL is going to be fine. I, I don't think they're going to have to suspend stuff. They did build in a week at the end of the regular season just in case they have to move games there. You know, they'll further compress the schedule if they have to, as long as it's safe for the players to play. I mean, you're not going to see, like, you know, five in a week. That you'll never see. The most you'll see is four in a week. Um, you know, and, that's, and they built in some stretches where teams don't play for four days. So in case they have to move shit around, and, and they've done a good job, like they did a great job with moving the night teams, they did a good job with Dallas, they did a good job with Carolina. You know they'll do a good job with the Devils. They just got to make sure you know they got to wait until the, the wait until the it, it starts running its course. Like with Vegas, they needed three straight days of. Um, negative tests from everybody to sit there and say, okay, now we can start to look at what we're going to do going forward with the four games you missed. You figure these teams, you're not going to play for 10 games or 10 days. That's that's four games. And, and they'll just deal with it as they deal with it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think uh, the NHL has done a great job with that. And you know, I'm sure that they going forward, they they'll have you know proper th- protocols in place, or if they need to enhance it, they will. Um, and and let's not forget this: Vegas had their coaching staff and a player test positive. They shut the shit down for ten days. The Devils were having guys one at a time drop off, and they kept them playing. So. Just like the NFL, the good teams are going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're going to shut it down, so they'll be like, all right, we want them at full strength. Teams that are in the bottom half of the league, they are not going to shut down right away. And this is what has caused New Jersey to get it, now Buffalo to get it, and other teams to get it because they were they were reactive, not proactive. They were proactive with Dallas. They were proactive with Carolina. They were proactive with the Vegas Golden Knights. They were reactive with New Jersey. And you saw what that did. So that's got to be the league looking at itself going, oh, we fucked up. All right. So otherwise, how have you enjoyed the first couple weeks of the NHL? I've loved it. I I, I like you know, familiarity breeds content. You know, um, I, I think I, I love the, you know, I, I love the schedule the way they did it. I love seeing a team play twice. Vegas playing Arizona four straight games is a little much for me. Like, they could have done that differently. But outside of that little gripe, you know, you've gotten better games on national television. You've gotten different games on national television. You've had Wednesday night hockey last week with Toronto and Edmonton. And, you know, that's a treat for the U.S. markets because, well, we don't usually get those games on NBC here. You know, we know what seven teams you see on NBC all the time. No, I definitely so, you agree know, with you. It's, it's, it's- it's been good to see 
you know, the nastiness come out a little bit more. Like, you see that, for me, I used to see that a lot when uh, when I watch, you know, the West play, because the West is always more aggressive. Uh, but, you know, you're starting to see that more with, with the East teams as well. So that's, you know, that's definitely, you know, fun to see. Uh, who's your, uh, your, um, who's your surprises? Any, anybody jumping out that you didn't expect? New Jersey. New Jersey was. You know, like, yeah, there's teams that they lost that they would, that you would think they would lose, but, like, Mackenzie Blackwood is becoming a star. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's been, he's definitely been my number one, you know, takeaway, has, has been his play. He's been phenomenal. And I hate and, the Devils. And, and you know what? And I went into the year saying the Devils need a big year out of Jack Hughes. They're getting a big year out of Jack Hughes. Jack, you know, Jack Hughes, you know, put some weight on. You know, like, you know, he was the consensus number one pick, but, you know, he, he wasn't like Hunter McDavid. You know, he wasn't a... John Tavares. He wasn't a uh, Austin Matthews, you know, where he, like, first out of the gate. But, you know, you think about it, like, those teams were, you know, they just had a bad year. Um, it's the same thing I see with Lafreniere. You know, yeah, he's got, what, he's got one goal. It was an overtime yeah. winner. But, like, I think the problem is, like, especially with New Jersey, they whore the guy around. You know, he's doing photo ops everywhere. He's doing shit at Yankee Stadium. He's doing shit at Shea Stadium. Um, uh, you know, like, they don't get to settle in. And... You know, like, some of these guys are not, in my opinion, they're not built to be franchise savers. <clears throat> not everybody can be Sid the Kid. Not everybody can be Obi at, at number one. Not everybody can be Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tate. You know, like, some guys are, you know, some guys have to work into it. Like, he's not going to be an overnight success, but I think Jack Hughes is going to have a damn good career. And I guarantee he's got a better fucking career than Nico fucking Easter. <clears throat> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, where I still Nico's. think, and this is where my problem with central scouting is, we all sit there and go, oh, he's the, he's the guy. Nico Heischer wasn't the fucking guy. Elias Pedersen was. Where would the Devils be if they had him? You know, like, it's just, you know, like, and I hate redrafting shit and doing all that stuff, and, and I bitch and moan about it. But, like, all you do is watch the kid play once, and you go, fuck, he's so much better than fucking Nico Heischer. You know, Nico Heischer has the, has the worst worst ability in hockey. It's, he's unavailable. You know, the best, the best trade in sports is availability. Well, he's got the worst fucking ability. He's unavailable all the fucking time. He's always fucking mm. hurt. 
and he's making seven million dollars against seven point two five million dollars against the cap. That is an Lord have mercy. You know, when you think about two way centers, and that's all he is. If he becomes a very good two way center, he's grossly overpaid. Like, if you said to me, if John Madden played in the NHL today, and you were like, oh, there's a two-way center. John Madden was not a $7 million a year guy, but today's NHL, he was. He is. And I tell you right now, the Devils would love for him to become a fucking 75% of John Madden. It ain't going to happen, but it's, you know, that's what you're kind of hoping for. You know, like, in my opinion, they gave up on Adam Larson too soon. And they and they made the trade for uh, Taylor Hall, him straight up, because Peter Chiarelli had a fucking heart on for fucking Adam Larson. I still don't understand why. But, you know, you put him in a different place, he's with a better team. They don't give a fuck about playing defense up there. Ottawa stinks, and they gave up a shit ton of goals to them. Ottawa may be the worst team I've ever seen put on paper right now. Will those kids grow, and will they become better? Yeah, you bet your ass they will. But will they better? I mean, you yeah, they, they, really they think better. about it. They're only a few. You think about it. A few years ago, they were one game away from the Stanley Cup final. And they tore that shit down faster than the fucking Marlins. No, I don't think anybody went faster than the Marlins. Goddamn Ottawa did. I don't know. Let's take a look uh, at Ottawa that. feels like you know, it because all those, all those players they had are fucking gone. I remember watching uh, Tony play against the Bruins that year. And I was like, fuck, he's really good. Mark Stone is very fucking good. Yeah. And he's the perfect captain. Speaking of perfect captains, the best goaltender in the league, according to somebody who won't be named, but... He has a podcast to name this guy number one goalie in the league. Cat a hat last night or tonight. Had a 3 2 lead with less than a minute to go in the game and lost. Because why? Bergeron, Marshan, and Pasternak. By the way, did you know David Pasternak missed the first couple weeks of the season? Yeah, does anybody realize that because he's fucking pawing the puck like, oh, it's his job? David Posternock could be in the top five players in the league. He will never get credit for it because he's a Boston Bruins. I don't know about that. You know, they 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 were talking him up big time last year and the year before. Um, yeah, but who do you, who's who's the number one player in the league? Connor McDavid. Why? Because he is. Pasta gets spoken about. 
but they'll never put him in the same category. Why? Because he's not Canadian. And the Canadian media sucks dick. This brings me to my next point. Dear hockey writers, allow the game to grow. If Barstool wants to get involved with the NWHL, fucking let them. Because that puts eyes on it. Nobody gives a fuck about that league. Barstool did, and you fucking dumped on it. Suck a bag of dicks. Especially Those crazy the bastards. two writers that have fucking run their mouths about it. Fuck them. Just because you think you're a big J journalist who fucking writes, who's a goddamn freelancer, but doesn't have a fucking real job, and you've got a hard-on for Barstool, stay the fuck out of it, because guess what? They are taking over the fucking world. Thank you. Rant over. I know it's a week old, but fuck it. I had to say it. So I finally joined um, Portnoy's... Uh pizza uh, Facebook page mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know I gotta say some of these idiots out there are fucking retarded you know they're, they're putting like Chuck E. Cheese pizza up as a 6.9 let me tell you Chuck E. Cheese is damn good pizza no it's not damn good pizza I'll- compared to like the other fast food places Damn good pizza. But then again, well, you see, gotta uh, you gotta understand where people are coming from. People don't know pizza the way we do. Pizza in this country is a northeast delicacy. Yes. Because Chicago is goddamn lasagna with a crust. Detroit style pizza is my fucking new favorite. So little Caesar. All right. Pizza, no. pizza. Yeah. Love Little Caesars. Give me some fucking crazy bread. But God damn it. Look, I think I only order fucking pizza because of the fucking breadsticks. You know, I can't go. Like, I got a Papa John's next to me. Can't do it. You know, I, I got Pizza Hut next to me. Can't do it. And... You know, I, I got to say, I, I only try, for the most part, 95% of my pizza is, is bought locally. You know, yeah. I got a couple of good, good mom-and-pop places that are legit pizzas. And, like, I grew up in in pizza heaven. Like, when, when I worked in New York City, I had pizza near Nirvana. Um, and yeah. the, these places are good. Not Nirvana good. But you know, they're definitely up there. Um, but I, like I said, I'm looking at these you know pictures and I'm like, holy Christ! You know what are some of these people doing? Like I, like, go I would be to... embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed, you know, putting up pizza that looked like half the shit that they had going up there. They he he braided. Uh, Brooklyn Square Pizza in Jackson. That is my that was my go to place before Dave Fortnite. After Dave Fortnite, went and did a pizza review. 
which I was really pissed I didn't know he was going there that day because it's literally around the corner from my house. After Portnoy, like the two weeks after Portnoy, because that was like COVID times when he first put it out. Right. You would have to call Brooklyn Square 115 times just to get through. You know, and God bless Portnoy for doing that. I mean, like, he's been doing so much great stuff for small business out there. And, you know, you know the, the exposure that he gives places is just, you know, Not to turn this into the Barstool love show, but I do love Barstool. Like, I, you know, and I'm like one of those guys. Like, I like Barstool. Sometimes I can't take it, but, you know, I take my breaks on it. But usually I go back to Barstool. What Portnoy is doing with One Bite and the One Bite app, now that it's sponsored by Slice, so now you can order pizza through the One Bite app, right? He's doing the same thing for pizza places that Guy Fieri does for Mom and Pop Diners. Yep. Like, there's 100%. no difference, and I think that's why, and I think that's why Guy Fieri got behind the barstool fund. And by the way, kudos to them. That Barstool Fund started before Christmas and is what, up over $35 million raised for small businesses. Like, kudos to them. By the way, yeah, love the fact. Still, only, oh, sorry. still only one professional sports team has donated to the Barstool Fund. Patriots? Yep. Yep. Robert Kraft wrote him up. Big motherfucking check. And I don't even think he signed from the Patriots Foundation. I think he cut it from his own personal self. Like, they raised like yep. 200 and something thousand dollars to save the Reading market. Like, they... Dave has been, like, Dave is very good because, like, I, I talked to Dave uh, 10 years ago when this thing was started. And, like, the rocket ship was going to the moon. And Dave was awesome. Dave is such a humble guy. He's an every guy. And people don't like that the fucking every guy is made good. No, you gotta have respect for a guy like that. I mean, you know, he—he's honestly put his, you know, other people in front of him. You know, when it comes to this stuff, you know, and like you said, the same as Guy Fieri, and you know, I know Guy Fieri had his fund that he uh, he started for restaurants. Um, yeah. Portnoy was doing was doing this for small business, and you know. It, like you said, it's not it just hurts. a one-time thing for a, a business. Let's say if you go and you say you need money, it's not a, just a one-time thing. Like if you say that you need a couple of payroll hits, he takes care of that, you know, for oh. a business. So, you know what? It's people like this that, you know, is really, I don't want to sound like, you know, too patriotic, but this is what Americans should be doing. And that's banding together and helping each other. And these are two yeah, great examples, Portnoy and Fieri. 
and what they do. I mean, the only way it could get better is if, like, Nickelback gets involved. Then you could have the three people that most people hate. Oh, like, boy. And this is the thing, too, even with that. It's like when you start looking at, like, the barstool fund, right? And like I said, I don't want to turn ourselves into the barstool love fucking shit. Right? But, like, what they've done with the barstool fund is what the government should be doing. Hell, they should be doing stuff for people who just can't make their rent, can't pay their utilities. You know, it's great. Oh, you can save off eviction, right? Well, that's great, but you know what? You're still going to owe the fucking money in the end. And they're fucking yep. afford what they're losing. So it's like, you know, cut people a check. Be like, here, don't worry about it. We got you. And if people like Jeff Bezos and, and fucking the guy that runs Apple or Tim Cook and, you know, Elon, I mean, Elon Musk donated fucking money to the Barstool Fund. Yep. You know, Penn Gaming has donated. Aaron Rodgers has donated a ton of money. Tom Brady's donated money. You know, like, it, it's just, you know, like, it's just, it brings, like, I I bought, you know, T-shirts when it first started because I like Frankie Borelli. I've been to Borelli's. That place deserves to, you know, that place deserves to stay open. You know, and that's part of the reason why this started was because Dave heard that Frankie's dad was going to have to close. And they get slammed. They were slammed with T-shirt orders for Borelli's for the, you know, the the barstool fund. And I were shirts a week before Christmas. They just shipped, like, last week. You know, like, people are, people are good. And it's a shame that the media doesn't portray the good people in this country. They only look for... You know, Dave sang a Ja Rule song six years ago, and they're like, oh, look, he's a racist. <laughs> we need to cancel cancel culture, because it's fucking retarded. All right, no, this cancel co- culture on. is retarded. Yeah. Huh. Speaking of which, Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre. Right, set it up. All right, here we go. So everybody's getting on Brett Favre for his comment about Deshaun Watson and his unhappiness in Houston. Brett Favre said, and I quote, you get paid a ton of money to do a certain job and just do it and let the chips fall, uh, chips fall where they may. I think we make too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong. Again, I think it's a different day and time and it'll be interesting to see how the organization handles it. And people are getting on Brett Favre for that comment. What's wrong with that comment? Nothing. And, and here's my biggest problem with this. Hey, Deshaun, nobody held a gun to your head to sign the contract last year. You knew they traded D-Hop. 
before you signed the deal. You signed the deal. Yeah. When did players become more than employees? This is the problem with this generation of athletes. Oh, I don't like it here. I'm going to force my way. No. Because you are in a very different position than the rest of the country, than the rest of the world. Most people can't go to their boss and be like, I don't like how things are being run. I want to go to another company. Okay, cool. You can't do that. But this is the problem. People do this shit all the time. And this is where the crying heart journalists now go, Brett Favre is wrong because they don't have loyalty. I work in a place, as you worked in a place, where people don't ever retire. They don't ever leave. They leave when they retire. They work 35, 40 years in a place. They don't go anywhere. They don't start chasing. These guys in, these guys in pro sports don't understand. Tomorrow it can end. You get your money. You take your money. You do what you can. Look, if the team sucks, that's on you, pal. You're one of the greatest seasons a quarterback has ever had. Your team didn't win. Why? Because you put up a ton of yards in garbage time. But, you know, I, I got to say something That's else here. You, you know, you said, and you kind of hit it on the head, you signed the extension after the whole D-Hop situation. So you yeah. were accepting, accepting, you know, your situation and expecting to get paid, and you were given a handsome compensation. This isn't the NBA where you can sign that max contract and get traded, and there's no real repercussions for that team trading you. In the NFL, you have ramifications for trading people. You got the dead money situation against the cap. So... If you didn't want to be a part of Houston and their development and their future, you should not have signed the contract. I look at it this and way. I, Everything that Houston did, I, I, and I'll, I'll go with this with something that Belichick said and got killed for, and I'm going and I'm to use it in this same situation. They understood that they had a certain amount of years with a nucleus. They went all in to win. They made the Laramie Tunzel deal, not because they wanted Laramie Tunzel, but because they needed Laramie Tunzel at the time. And then had to get and then had to pay him. And at some point in the NFL especially Windows are very small. You have to strike when you have a team like Houston that has been good for 10 years. Right? Granted, they did have that fucking stupid thing with the varsity jackets, right? All right. Yeah. But 
they've been good for 10 years. They were in the division with Peyton fucking Manning and Andrew fucking Luck. They looked at it as Andrew Luck and Blaine Gabbert. This is our chance. And Blaine Gabbert. Right? Like, look at this shit. Like, they've had the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars in that division. They suck. The Titans have been up and down. You know, even Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher was a 500 coach. Everybody makes him out to be the fucking savior. He was a 500 coach. Legitimately, the guy could go three or three and thirteen one year, and thirteen and three the next year. It's just how the fucking the cookie crumbles. That's Jeff Fisher. So you had that. You're a twenty-year-old franchise who really. Let's face it. The last ten years have been pretty fucking good for you. Yeah. They know J.J. Watt doesn't have much time left. So what did they do? They put all their chips into the middle of the table. They went all in. They thought they had pocket pocket aces. They didn't realize the other guy had pocket aces, too. He had trips. And then, you know, like, and they hit a fucking, you know, like, they had pocket kings. They they hit four kings. You didn't get the ace that you needed. It happens. It happens, it happens, it happens. But when it comes down to it, you sign the extension. All right, so you're mad at, you know, what Bill O'Brien was saying about DeAndre Hopkins. Great player. But did you hear the way he talks to the media? You don't think that changes in the locker room? Oh, I heard you all are talking shit about me. Don't do it or I won't talk to you. That's not a great guy to be around. So they got rid of him. It wasn't the greatest trade in the world. But you know what? Absolutely not, Bill yeah. O'Brien, that's his prerogative. Because you know what? When you're trading a guy like that, somebody's going to go, why the fuck are they trading him? He must be a bad locker room guy. He may be a bad locker room guy. J.J. Watt is hurt every year. He's the king of fucking Houston. They can't get rid of him. They have to get a major haul if they move him, and I don't think they're going to move him. He can say what he wants to do all he wants. They hold the cards. I did this Saturday night on this when I did the show Saturday night. If you don't want to play, sit out. Okay, we'll extend your contract another year because you didn't play. You want to do this again next off season? Okay. Don't show up. We'll take your money. You don't play. That's another year. We'll extend your contract. So if you don't want to play for two years, that's two years you haven't played football. Ain't nobody gonna take it in. What are you really going to do? And in the NFL, a lost year is more than one year. Yeah. You know, the time frame of an NFL player. Look at Rob Gronkowski. He missed a year of playing football. It took him eight weeks to get back into into playing shape. 
especially when there was no preseason. To me, what 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 Watson has to do is he's got to go in there hand in hand. Feel like I'm here to work. That's it. Show up and do your job. I guess. I guess you gotta let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And Brett's right. Brett said, I don't know if he's right, I don't know if he's wrong, but you know what? This generation, I mean, you saw what happened with the Rockets and James Harden. The NBA is such a joke with how they make trades. To move Deshaun Watson, somebody's going to legitimately have to make a, it's going to have to be a three-team deal. Because of the money involved. But here's the thing. You're now taking on a huge cap number. You're taking on a very long... You may want the fucking world for him, but like I've been saying since this whole thing came out, the the cards are in the team... The cards are in the hands of the team making the trade. Because they know he doesn't want to be there. He know, they know that Nick Casario, if he's going to make that deal, is going to have to make a huge deal. It's going to have to be a lot of shit. They're going to be like, you got a player that doesn't want to play for you. Yeah, but, you know, he cannot honestly make We're a trade do- that, that's anything less than what the Stafford deal was. No. You know, there's no way you can trade him for less than what Stafford was. And was it and let's number not one, forget the third old, round, and, and another quarter? It was quarterback. really three ones and a third, yeah. It was three ones and a three, right? But here's the thing. The reason why Detroit got the haul back that they got was because they were going to have to take on a large chunk of money. They were taking on big money with Jared Goff going forward. So whoever makes this trade Goff, for Watson... Doesn't Goff... Isn't Goff's contract more than Stafford? Yeah. On on Detroit, annual as well? Yeah, and Detroit took on big money. They took on huge money with Goff for a longer term. Look at it this for way. It's like trading in a car early. It's like trading in a car early. And I'll tell you right now, if the Rams don't win, heads roll. Yeah. I think I said it uh, when we talked about when the trade came out. I I said the hot seat has just been turned on for McVay. Yeah. And let's not forget. Yeah. Hopkins is get to get Deshaun Watson. It's going to take three or four number ones, a couple twos, and what have you done to the team that's made the trade? What happens to them? Weakened. Yeah. They're so much weaker because 
if you're if you get like let's say the Dolphins actually make this deal, and you're Houston. Okay, you get the three this year back. That was yours. Okay, fine. If the Dolphins are good next year, you're picking late twenties. So what did you really yep. get out of this deal? You got nothing. So you know, trade him, trade him to the Jets. Jets always seem to seem to fuck it up. So you trade him to the Jets. You know, you get the high pick from the Jets. And again, if I'm sorry. you're the Jets, why do you make? I, I get, and I, I not to kill you, but I, I've heard so many New York media members say, "Make this trade. It's a great trade." Bro, he has never played outside in the winter, and when he has, he hasn't been good. But in the same breath. You know, what has Sam actually showed you in the winter to make you think that he could be better or equal to Watson? Nothing, and that's the problem. Exactly. And this is where the Jets' problem is. Like I've been saying since the Jets got the second pick, if you have to evaluate who you're going to take against Sam Darnold, because you still control Sam for two years. If you suck next year, you don't pick up the extension and you draft the next guy anyway. But put a team around them first and then see what you have. You have not done that yet. You've been keeping salary cap space because you think fucking Jesus Christ is coming. <laughs> You had him. You did yeah, him around. You know, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. I, you know, I still believe in Sam. Um, I think if you actually gave him talent around him, there's a difference. Yeah, I've I never think, believed in. Sam I think thought. he can. Have, well, listen. I, I'm not going to hook my uh, my uh, wagon to him, but he really hasn't been given talent. There's nothing, you know, his best receiver was Robbie Anderson. Jameson Crowder. Who's a very good receiver. Yeah, but there, you know, there's no number ones there. There's no. But you don't need number ones to win. But we've proven you don't need number one wide receivers to win. I agree. You need guys who fit your system. I'm sorry, great quarterbacks are the system. I don't completely agree with Danny Amendola. He's still pissed they caught him. He's still pissed they fucking renegotiated this deal. But he's right. The Patriot way is Tom Brady. Because Tom was first in, last out, got chewed out, and everybody fell in line. Listen, if Tom has it proven by now. And what these clowns in Tampa Bay finally realize? Oh, shit. Tom's the system. Tom gets chewed out. Tom's the first one in, last one out. Gets chewed out. Oh, shit. It can happen to any of us. Maybe we should listen to this guy. Maybe he knows what the fuck he's talking about. 
He might. He might. He, he just, just might. might. I think he's got a future. I think he's got a future in this league. But at the end of the day, wait, the the end of the day with the Watson thing is, you've never won. You have yet to win. You were up huge in the playoffs last year, and your team pissed it away, and you did dick in that game after Tampa, after Kansas City came back with the hop. That last year was your chance. New England's down. Kansas City, well, the fuck is going on with them? But they're good. You weren't expecting Baltimore. You were the fucking four seed last year in a year where, God damn it, you barely made the fucking playoffs. So at some point, I don't give a fuck what you do in a regular season. It's the same thing I've been saying about Dakota Prescott. You've done dick. You've not earned anything. Shut the fuck up. Why? Earn the fucking money. Dear sweet baby Jesus, I hate Eli Manning, but that motherfucker earned his contracts. Earned them. He earned the right. Tom Brady has earned the right. Aaron Rodgers has earned the fucking right. You have yet to. Shut the fuck Brett up. Favre. Play football. Brett Favre has earned the right. Hey, Jared Goff's going to do a goddamn Super Bowl. That's that. <laughs> Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. That's almost like Trent Dilfer going to the Super Bowl. And if it wasn't for the fact that... If that was that defense. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins is a hell of a quarterback on a very good team. That team didn't have a number one wide receiver. The Monty Tumor Tumor wasn't a number one. No. Ike Hilliard is not a number one. Ike Hilliard was a number one at Florida, man. He was so good at Florida. I'll never forget. He had a play in the Sugar Bowl his senior year. He he fucking, he was going across the middle, stopped on a dime, just went whoop, fucking walked into the end zone. Um, I, I thought he blew his, I thought he blew through his sneaker. How hard he fucking stopped. Ike Hilliard was a hell of a wide receiver. Great guy, too. Nice guy. But, in, in saying all this, what legitimately, Big Ben has the right to say something. Not many guys have that anymore. Well, they think they do. And that's the they problem. They think they do, but that's, but that's because they look at their fucking social media feed and you got waterheads that don't know shit about, they don't know shit from Shinola, that sit there and go, yeah, you're fucking right. And it's 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 unearned, self-inflated ego. Man, I threw 4,800 yards this year. You won four games. Who gives a fuck? 
You drive for 4,800 yards, you should not lose fucking 12 games. Sorry. I'm fucking sorry. Should not happen. And one of your wins was against fucking Cam Newton and the Patriots this year. Stop. Stop. Who would they beat this year? Pats were one of them. Jacksonville twice. Who else would they beat? Who's their fourth win? Hold on. Legit. Who's their fourth win? I don't know. Did they play the goddamn Jets? No, they didn't. No, no. I'm trying to find the the line for uh, Super Bowl. Is that still three, three. and a half or two and a half? Three. Sounds great. Yeah, let me just let me just pull this up because I'm at the longest line in history and I actually have time to look up Houston's fucking record who they beat this year. Houston's Let's see. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, New England, and the Lions. Those are world beaters right there. You beat fucking world beaters this year. You lost the fucking you lost the fucking bungles. Was that with or without Burrow? After, way after Burrow, it was week sixteen. Oh, that sucks. You lost two close games to the Colts, but you know, Philip Rivers was there. All right, moving on to the Super Bowl. Moving on. And I will say this. So, I will never, ever, 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 enough evers, bet against no. TB12. Just, I, I can't, I can't do it. I, I wanted Aaron Rodgers to win. I was praying that the fucking Saints beat the fucking Bucks. Just so I didn't have to root like have root for Tom versus Aaron, I I didn't want it. But there's no fucking way I'm I'm betting against Tom Brady in a sta- in his home stadium, granted, in a fucking thunderstorm with his home fans there and a plane full of New England Patriot fans. Fuck that. Buck okay, so hearing you, hearing you say that, I'm going to do this for you. Ready? October always gives me chills Wondering if you got it still As you stand there on the mound The heart of a hero Mowing batters down Making me cheer Oh, Tommy friend, oh, 
There is no way in hell. I really thought you were going. There is no way in hell you can ever. You know, I, I, I've said it against New, New Orleans. First off, I said, A, to beat a team three times in one season is almost a Herculean effort. Exactly. So. Um, so I had the Bucks all the way with New Orleans. Last, you know, the week before, I was like, you know what? Tom going to Green Bay. So Tom is is winning all these road games. So yep. I was like, you know what? To the point where I, they're the designated home team wearing their white jerseys. Yeah. I said, I am going Brady all the way. And our buddy Tony will tell you that because I, I was texting him before that game, during that game, nonstop throughout that game because – Bush I know. I trust me. I heard about it. So you know, I had full, and I'm not a Tom Brady Brady lover. You know, I am. I'm really not. I, I know you are, because every time I hear you talk about Tom, this is the song I hear. October always gives me chills. No, you're messing up, Angel. You blew it. There's another song on there that you could legitimately play for my love for Tom Brady. Where is it? Was it under? Hold on, I'll get it. Let me just park it and I'll play it. Um, uh, yeah, I really got to get better at this whole board thing. You just don't know everything that's on there. That's the problem. There's so much shit to go through. There is. But I know exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, whatever. I need flash. Whatever. Fuck you. There is no wow, that is really time. hard. No, you really think that. you can go all day long? Well. You... Sorry. Okay, we have to tell them. So close, maybe they'll help each other through it. Oh, come on, Carlos, the guys. I'm not going to get all touchy feely. Let's face the facts about me and you. A love unspecified. Though I'm proud to call you chocolate bear. The crowd will always talk and stare. I feel exactly those feelings, too. And that's why I keep them inside. Because this bear. Can't bear the world to stink And sometimes it's easier to hide And explain our guy love That's all it is Guy love He's mine, I'm his There's nothing gay about it In our eyes <laughs> You ask me about this thing we share And he tenderly replies It's guy Than the average man and wise. That's why our matching bracelets say Turk and JD. You know I'll stick by you for the rest of my life. You're the only man who's ever been inside of me. Whoa, whoa, I just took out an appendix. There's no need to clarify. (laughs) Oh no. Just let it grow more and more each day. It's like I married my best. Friend. But in a totally manly way Let's go! 
Okay, sorry. Yes, that's what started with my love for Tom Brady. Uh, it's fucking cold out. Yeah, so so there's no way I'm going to be betting against, and that's not to say that they won't lose, but there's no way I can bet against Tom. You know, you even look towards the, the one game that they quarter. played this year. You know, they what they lost twenty-seven uh, twenty-four. I know they they scored fourteen points in the fourth in the fourth quarter, but it was still a close yeah. game. And that, and that was the game where Tyreek Hill had like two hundred yards receiving in the first half. In the first quarter. Yeah, in the first quarter, Tampa's like Tampa's light years better than they were then. Like they took that that. that uh, the bye week, and it, it was like vintage Tom Brady. It was like Edge winning the Royal Rumble. It was just vintage. Yeah, you figure the Bucks, the Bucks can rush only four and get to Mahomes. You know, JPP and Barrett ha- have played phenomenal in the playoffs. You know, and, and, let's, and, also not, has and let's also not forget. And, and let's also not forget they have their entire offensive line out with COVID right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and here's the other thing too. I know I make fun of Todd Bowles all the time because he looks like fucking Bubba Gump. But do you think like uh-huh. we got two weeks to prepare? Do you honestly think like he didn't go to Tom and be like, "Why did you guys run to beat them?" And also, let's let's really look at it. You know, the the two games that Kansas City did play in the playoffs, they were far from great games that they played. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was like to me, it was like you know, playing Buffalo. Buffalo was outclassed. Buffalo, Buffalo being Baltimore was kind of like one of those things where you can't beat them both to get there. You only had to beat one. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if they didn't have to play them both, I think it would have been a different case. You know, Kansas City had the easier road. And I'm they say almost tripped on ourselves and lost. Yeah. Because Cleet and I'm going to say this, and, and you may, and you're going to be shocked. And I'm waiting to say this until I get home, so my wife can hear me actually utter the words. Doesn't this to you have a little bit of Giants Patriots feel from the first time? Yeah. Okay. And Tom's the underdog this time. Let that. Say and that. Tom's the underdog. Tom is Eli Manning in this situation. Tom is Eli. Eli is Tom. Pretty much. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn. Finkel. 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 Einhorn. Finkel. Einhorn. Eli is Tom. Tom is Eli. Eli. Tom. Eli. Tom. 
I, I just, to me, that's what this team comes down to. Like, laces out, Gronk. <laughs> I, I just kind of look at it and go, you know, there, it's just that's there, and I, and it's hard for me to say anything else. Like, nobody's giving Tampa a chance to win this game, and I think that's very silly. It's like we're so hell-bent on anointing Patrick Mahomes the next Tom that we forget that Tom's still there. Like, I think people are forgetting that that guy that's across the – he may, you know, the Toby Keith song. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Yep. Tom hasn't had the greatest game yet in the playoffs. Think about that. They're dying there through drops and not having AD and. and Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, but, you, yeah, you definitely have to wonder what the weather's going to be like as well. I know it's, what, like, like 40% chance of rain, but it's supposed to be raining all yeah. weekend. So you're mudding up the field, and can can oh, play no, a lot of the game. They are not going to put take that turf, the tarp off the field until the last minute. Now, I'm just really curious on how that aspect's going to shake out on this. But once again, you know, the way I see it, I think that front of Tampa with Sue and JPP and Barrett against what in Kansas City? Because you don't know what their offensive line situation is going to be. So, you know... I, I dare to say, can the defense actually steal this? Well, here's the thing, too. I think, like, you have been, like, Todd Bowles has seen this offense before, right? Yes. Legit, all you have to do is keep Mahomes. You can't rush blindly. You can't yes. just run up the field and let him get outside. You have to contain him. And that's what so I'm if you can contain front, him with Tampa's yeah. front, you can spy him. You know, with that front four, they can generate the pressure and contain him. So I'm, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, here's like the I, thing. Kansas City has a ton of speed, and in the end, yeah. that's what people—that's what beat Buffalo. Right. But if you say, okay, I want so-and-so to beat me, make so-and-so beat you. Double Kelsey, double. Because once you get Tyreek Hill frustrated, mm, (laughs) 
could be a long day. Yeah, you know, let, you know who's uh, running the ball? Is it going to be Hilaire or is it going to be uh, Bell? Because let them have I a wouldn't day. trust Bell. Would you trust Bell at this point? No. <laughs> Would you? Re- no. And look, and here's the thing with Tom. Tom Tom knows how to take the air out of the ball. He's done it against them. Hey, shut up. That was not as proven to be false, by the way. The ideal gas law tells a different story. You know, Tom likes balls saggy. (laughs) Soft, saggy balls for Tom. You leave Tom out of this. Um, But when I'm, like, you know, like... Be, I, like they they can go to a quick passing game. They don't have to take all those deep shots. I think it should be easier for Tampa to beat Kansas City than it is for Kansas City to beat Tampa. Because really, all Kansas City wants to do is go, 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 go. Well, if they don't have the ball... Oh, this could be like the Giants and and um, Buffalo. It's kind of funny. It's in the same stadium. Run the ball. Hold the ball for forty minutes. Keep your defense rested, and I think you win the game. No, I can definitely see that. You know, it's – and they can do it. You know, the question is, mm-hmm. will Arians be patient enough to let, you know, Tom control the game like that? Or is he going to be impatient so. and, and want the big score? I, I don't know. Like, you know, Arians is – you know, he wants that shot downfield. Yeah, but you know what? I think – here's the thing, though. It all depends on um, – I just think it's one of those things. I, I just think it's like one of those things where I don't think he's going to fuck up the biggest game of the year. You think he's going to be scared? I think that's a problem. Because, listen, you and I both agree he's not the best coach in the world. I get that. Yeah, I think we're on agreement there. Mm-hmm. But I think that his nature, he's not going to be scared oh, to shoot that ball that, down the field. And Oh, I, 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 I don't know. Angel, I agree with you. What I'm, what I'm saying is I think over two weeks, I think Thomas said to him, look, B.A., we know how to beat this team. This is how you do it. I've done it. I've done it before. You know, trust me. But will Ego let let Tom do it? I think Tom's going to – I think Tom's just going to take the game by himself. I think Tom's ego will be like, no, this is what we're going to do. I think there's going to be a lot of check with me's. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, yeah. into runs. 
you know, I think Tom is legit going to do everything he can to win that game. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Tom's going to be the OC, you know, in that huddle. You know, he's going to say, yeah, okay. He'll call the play, but then he'll change it at the line. Um, Yeah. And that's what good quarterbacks do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Scotty Miller is probably going to be a big factor in this game. What's oh, yeah, AB's yeah, status? Like AB's limited in practice, but I can't see AB not playing. I, I can't see Scotty AB Miller not. having an Edelman type of game. Yeah. Right, Those underneath routes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think Gronk down the scene could be big. Have you seen on Bleacher Report the new uh, gridiron gag? No, I don't oh, need to. ever pay attention to Bleacher Report. I don't. I don't uh, pay attention to Bleacher Report. You should look it up. Just look it up. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's like the funniest thing. Tom Brady. Uh, they have him basically as Jack Sparrow. Uh, it's <laughs> hilarious. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I can see Miller being a big factor. I I definitely see a shot or two to Gronk in that scene. Um, yeah. What's Ronald Jones? Is, is he is he still limited or? I think to look up the injury reports. I really haven't. Yeah. Because then you got LeGarrette Jump, uh, Blunt Jr., uh, Fournette. Yeah. Because yeah, if Jones can play, and you got that one-two with him and uh, Fournette, that could beat up Kansas City's defense and keep the ball in Tom's hands. Yeah. Then of course anything in the oh, red you zone can literally go out there with. And we all know Gronk's a great blocker. I mean, you could go out there with two wides, two running backs, and just do that the whole fucking game. No, yeah, yeah, I can. What's the over under? Is it? It's in the fifties, I think. Man, you're asking me to look up way too much, Angel. I'm sorry, I'm looking up right now. I got it. Three and a half over fifty-six and a half. Tampa Bay is plus 140 on the the juice. 56 and a half. I I almost want to say take the under. I'm saying take the under. Maybe later. Maybe later. Um, Let's see. 30-24 is going to be, be the final score. Take the under. Could be. Yeah. Um, AB limited participation, Levante David limited, Evans full, Godwin full, JPP no, Antoine Winfield was limited, Jordan Whitehead was limited. He didn't even show up on He's not even on. Yeah, so they're basically almost at full strength. 
They're when AB talks yeah. to the media. So the way I look at it is if he's talking, he's playing. You're not going to let a guy talk to the media that's not playing. The question is, should he be talking? Yeah, why not? He's interesting. Well, the case when it comes to talking head. football, he, he's really good at it. It's when he talks about other shit, he can't really talk. All right, what's next? Daniel Murphy retired. Go for him. My favorite baseball player of the last 20 years is retired. Yeah, the little engine that could. Yeah, I I just want to – the thing with Petey, like, Yankee fans hated him, but it wasn't because they hate Yankee fans are stupid, by the way. But I just want you to know this, Angel. It's not you. It's Yankee fans. Um, okay. But they're stupid. They hated this guy because they were jealous because they didn't have this guy. Yep. Well, listen. Of all the Red Sox in the last 20 years... The one guy who I, I would take in a bunker with me on my team is Petey. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was having a conversation on Facebook, and I was speaking to a couple of Rocky fans, and, yeah, we'll get into Arenado's trade in a second. Um, is that that fucking baseball fucking group you're in that you tried to get me to be in and I couldn't take for more than, like, three seconds? Three seconds, yeah. Um, but... You know, they were talking about the whole, you know, with, with Daniel Murphy retiring, you know, they talked about how DJ signed the same exact contract with the Yankees. And they're like, well, why did you get rid of DJ to bring in, you know, Daniel Murphy? But uh, anyway, I said, listen, DJ LeMahieu reminds me of a less intense Pedroia. Mm-hmm. Same type of skill set, you know, line, you know, line drive to line drive, hustle guy, great glove. Yeah. You know, will do anything to win. You know, and yeah. that's, I think that's the ultimate respect I could pay to a player on a team that I hate is, you know, that I would take him on my team any day of the week. Yeah. So, and, and you know, I good career. Like, it's going to fall short of the cool. Hall of Fame, I think. No, he's not. He'll get in. I, 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 don't, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer. As a second baseman, he's I a see, Hall of Famer. You know, I, I look at him, MVP. and unfortunately, I see I see Don Mattingly. Nah. He won MVP, won a couple World Series. Nah, he'll win. He'll get in. Mattingly won, won an MVP. Never won a World Series. Okay. Yeah, his one time in the playoffs, he hit four, what was it, 475 or 457, something like that. Yeah. PD won a World Series. No, yeah, here's the thing. Like, with P, but see, but here's the difference, though. You're com- you're comparing apples to oranges. It's just like the Kirby Puckett debate. You can't compare second baseman to first baseman. First baseman's a power position, right? Just like center field is better have a glove, right? Um. 
Was Speedy one of the best second basemen in the game during his time playing? The only comparable would be Cano, contemporary for Cano's tainted by steroids. Right, right. Trying to think, was there anybody else that was in? Ian Kinsler? He was way better than Kinsler. Yeah. He was way better than him. Um, the fact that I'm searching in my head, you know, you have to say yeah. that he was definitely easily top five, more than likely top two. And then once you and, take the, 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 the skank of steroids out, you know, mm-hmm. you can definitely make a case for him to be the premier second baseman of his generation. And let's not forget, and Petey was a guy who is generally – Petey's not a – I'm not saying Petey's a first ballot Hall of Famer, mind you. Right? I get you. Like, this is, my, this is my thing with the Hall of Fame. This is my thing with the Baseball Hall of Fame, which, you know, did we talk about last week? I don't remember. No. Uh, I think that came out No, after. it came out after the show. Yeah. Right. So, and this is my problem with the Hall of Fame and the voters of the Hall of Fame. You don't have to be a first ballot Hall of Famer to be a Hall of Famer. Agreed. You don't have to be a unanimous selection to be a Hall of Famer. Agreed. Was the, can you tell the story of Major League Baseball without Dustin Pedroia? No. Was he there for all three? Exactly. Seven, no. seven, thirteen, and eighteen. I mean, eighteen. He didn't play because he was hurt, but he was there. He was on the bench. He got a ring. He's got three rings. Yeah, you know, and he was a huge part of the why Hall. they won those seven. You know, with the Hall of Fame. Um, and I gave you my answer. He was a rookie as, in 07 and 08. He won the he won the MVP. Um, you know, when 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 you ask me that question, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think of it as a first or second, or third, whatever it is. So when you ask me, is yeah. this person a Hall of Famer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give you my honest opinion in terms of, and I know how the writers they look at things. You know, well they they might not vote for you this year. But then, you know, they'll look at you, and then maybe they'll vote for you next year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just giving you my whole gut reaction. I think that his career wasn't long enough. Um, like, there's a lot of players out there that have short careers for whatever reason it, it was. And I feel that they deserve to be in there more or prior to Pedroia. Uh One name for me is Munson. You know, when Munson passed mm-hmm. away... You know, if you compared, you know, his stats versus Johnny Bench, they were very comparable. They were right there neck and neck. So, for me, like, a, a Thurman Munson deserves more recognition or or yeah. needs more consideration. I'll, put, I'll leave it at that. 
So if you are able to give somebody like that a little bit more consideration, you know, w- mm-hmm. would I vote for Pedroia later on? Possibly. Yeah, it depends on the ballot. Also, who's on the ballot? You know, yeah. like this year, I know it, it was rough. Like, I, I thought this year was going to be the year for Bonds and Clemens because okay, there really so. wasn't there really wasn't another Hall of Famer on this ballot. So I thought this year, so, them being at 60, 60% okay. last year, I thought they had a shot to go up. All right, so here's what happened. The Derek Jeter minions got together and said, if they put these guys in the hall this year, they're going to do one big ceremony. We don't want to put Schilling in with Jeter. I think Schilling was a lot about what he was posting. Yeah, you know, and Both people were not before. fans. Of, right, but they they weren't fans of his prior, you know, mm-hmm. political uh, affiliations. So, you know, I I didn't really have faith on. Let, let let me be honest, and I I don't, I don't want to offend you or anything like that, but I think Schilling is a very good pitcher. Borland, uh, great, but. If he gets in, then you really need to relook at David Cohn's situation. No. Him him and Cohn were right there with each no. other. And David Cohn did not make the five percent. Because David Cohn wasn't a Hall of Famer. Well, neither is Schilling. Schilling is. No, I don't know. Schilling. I don't think so. Again. Can you write the history of Major League Baseball without Kurt Schilling? Well, the Blaze no. you, you can write the you can write it. it. The Blaze Sock is in the Hall of Fame. You know, it's there. You know, it, you know, just like people say, "Hey, P- Pete Rose deserves to be in." Because can you write the story of baseball up without Pete Rose? Well, yes, you could. He's in the Hall of Fame. You can, but but you can't write you can't write it without. But the thing is, is Pete Rose broke the one rule you cannot break. Exactly. Sorry, I'm trying to munch. Is it coming through? Start. What are you eating? Cheese tools. Well, lovely. Um, I But, like, the thing he's doing is, though, he's a two-time World Series champion. He was one of the most dominant pitchers of his era. Hmm. I don't know about that one. Um, Was he dominant at times? Sure. You know, but, you know, am I going to sit there and say he was a top five pitcher when he pitched? Um, what Was he the ace of the Red Sox? No. Was he the ace yeah. of the, the Diamondbacks? No. 
That was Pedro Randy Johnson. Pedro wasn't the ace of the Red Sox when he was there. Well, he sure did piss like it. Who? Well, we have to pull up Pedro Pedro and Chili, huh? Game 7 in 03 changed Petey. It was like when Mike Tyson got beat by Buster Douglas. You didn't look at him the same way. The fear was gone. And mind you, Sill was like, what, 15 years into his career at that point? It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. I don't think Mike Musine is a Hall of Famer. But if he's in, then you have to put Pettit and you have to put Schilling in. Well, Pettit won't get in because of the HGH stuff. Pettit's got a chance. You know, I think it's a shame. Pettit's going to have to be penned. I think it's because of HGH and the New York Fire. He may get in like his 10th year. No, I don't see him getting in at all. It's a shame, but I don't see him getting in at, at all. What did he end up with this year? 20-something percent? Yeah, but it's up. He goes up every year. Got a chance. Pet's gonna, they're going to penalize Pet, but I think Pet's got a chance. Pet will get in. The Veterans Committee will put him in. You revolutionized the game. Yes. I think his years in Houston hurt Pettit. I think the old one World Series hurts Pettit. Because he was dog shit then. But then we came to find out he was pitching with like a detached elbow. Right. my wife. She puts shit away and I can't ever find it. Two, four, six, eight. No worries. Where is the complete list? I see a top ten here. And he's not on the top ten. For the voting for this year. I think he's got a chance. I think it's an outside chance, but I think he's got a chance. Yeah, I would love to see him get in because, of course, you know, with my bias, you know, seeing him pitch, you know, I think he was a Hall of Famer, but I also thought he was a Cy Young Award winner, and that went to Pat Henkin. Yeah. I kind of look at it this way, too, Angie. It's like, 
when you really start to sit there and think about it. They want you to give the Yankees every fucking award that year. Well, that was also the year that you know, Palmero won the gold glove over uh, Tino. No, it wasn't. It was 98. J.T. Snow was still in the American League that year. Where's J.T. Snow? I'm pissed off you think my wife would be if I sucked on the rest of her snapple so I could have skipped out. Do it. I think I think it came down to this with this year with the Hall of Fame. And I don't think these guys will ever say it. It legitimately has a lot to do with Jeter. Could you imagine putting Clemens and those guys in with Jeter? Well, listen, Clemens should have went in with Selig. I've I said it before, I'll say it again. Selig should have went in with his monsters that he created. Yep. You know, they all should have been together, one big happy family, and let you know, Bud you know, feel the wrath or feel the embarrassment of having them on the stage with them. You know, it's what he created. It's what he should have went in with. Um, he should have went in. Those guys should have went in with Tory. They should have went in with Selig. They should have went in with Larusa. Should have went in all yep. together. You know, it, it's definitely not... Um, Yeah, you know, I, I honestly, and I've been a big against steroids type of person. However, as I said many times, like I draw a line because I, I hate to say I believe Conseco. I don't, but I do believe Conseco. Where I think the majority of the league was doing something. So therefore, if the majority of the league is doing something, they're basically all on a level playing field. So therefore, once the testing came into play, if you failed at that point, that's where you get the, the strike against against you, i.e. a Palmero. You know, hey, right. well, 3,000 hey, hey, 500 home runs. He should be in the hole. And let's think, of, and let's think about this. A-Rod belongs in, if we, you take Clemens and Bonds, like the thing, oh, when we know they were taking service. The thing is, like, even with the steroids, they were not illegal in baseball. Baseball writers have made them, like, the scarlet letter, right? Like, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe these guys did it. How can they do this? Think about the kids. Stop it. Uh-huh. These are fucking grown men making adult decisions. you got players that fucking smoke weed all the time. That shit's an illegal drug. Look what Not Major League Baseball had to do to get – it's still legal. It's still illegal in America, right? 
when you really look at it, why were the baseball writers pissed off at, at, at McGuire? Because they were all too dumb to look in his locker and go, what's Andrew Sistine die on? Sitting there Everybody for every interview. the fuck it was. Yeah. And he didn't even hide it. Oh, what's Andrew Sistine Dion? Oh, it's an over-the-counter creatine. You bullshit. It's a fucking steroid. Creatine was legal steroids. Everybody fucking did it. You know, you look at it today, every player is still using enhancements right now. You gonna tell me that that Mike Trout doesn't use some type something from GNC? I sure, you know, sure bet he doesn't. You know all these because I bet you those use, guys those guys aren't going to GNC and buying something off the shelf. Well, it's no, no, I get that. To. But they but legit that go to a doctor and, and yeah, they have nutritionists. Look, I mean, I, do you think? Everything that TB12 does legitimately is on the level. No, God only knows what the fuck him and Alex are pushing. Exactly, they're pushing envelopes. They're staying within the rules, but they're still pushing an envelope. You know, and I think everybody Uppers, downers. Yeah, I mean, look, these guys, they're getting DNA tested. They're running their DNA to know exactly what time they should eat before a game, what they should be taking before a game. You know, back when Tom started playing on Friday, on Sunday, Saturday nights before games, it was pizza and beer and not wings. Not no more. Now it's shakes and all this shit. Well, Tom was ahead of his time on that stuff. And that's why he'll play to 50. Now you got to play to 50. Giselle won't let him. I'll tell you, though, what Tom will be doing before too long. You know, like when uh, you have the NHL package, you have the games, you, it always goes like straight to like the Emerald food system. Mm-hmm. On your regional sports network, you are going to see Tom Brady doing. He played in ten Super Bowls. He's won seven. Try the, the TV twelve method. So he's gonna wind oh, yeah. up doing. He ain't gonna go on that TV like it. And kudos to him. But like the thing is with all these guys, it's they are creatures of habit, and they're all selfish. You will never find me a professional athlete who is not selfish as fuck. They have to be. They're built differently than us. They're different. They're 100% different than you and I are. They're 100% different. They're built differently. Their brain works differently. I know guys who... I played with guys who got drafted. I have friends that played in the league. They're different. They think differently. No, it's, it's just absolutely the way it is. They, they, they have to, yes. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, everybody does something. 
you know, that's why amphetamines was taken out, greenies, uppers, downers, all that wonderful stuff was taken out of the game as well. I you mean, know, I had this conversation you, with Tony where, you know, Mike Schmidt and, and uh, Mickey Mantle admitted to taking amphetamines and greenies and Pete Rose as well. I was like, are they not Hall of Famers? Should we go back and remove them all off since they use some they use some type of performance? Oh, well, that's different. You know, I'm like, how's that different? If it's now illegal, but it was, you know, legal back then, I'm like, it with your point of view, we should take them out, should we not? And he goes, no, it's a different era. I'm like, that's my point. You know, and that's why I said for Bonds and for Clemens, what was allowed back then should not be held against them. Yeah. You know, point blank, were they the best players amongst their peers? And the answer is yes. I've long said this. Seven five Cy Young. Absolutely. They deserve to be in. You know, I, I say this all the time own. with these guys. Yeah, but I, like I say this all the time, all the time with these guys. Let me say this to anybody. If you could go and do something and make more money for your family, right? Aren't you going to do it? You could be here and be holier than thou and say that you're not going to do something. But let's be honest. Yeah. If we have a if we have an opportunity to sign a seven year, six million dollar contract, look, I, I or look at a seven way. year, fifty million dollar contract. The, what's what the minimum? Oh, I'd be like exactly. Just make sure that you have an. Just make sure it's a clean needle. But I look yeah. at it this way. Stick me. Anybody who sits here and kills these guys. Right, I look at it. I, I say this: What's the what's the minimum pay in minor league baseball in Double A? Double A. Uh, let's play this game. All right. Let's play this game. If you said to a kid, a poor kid who grew up poor. They're playing single A, where you make fifty. Let's say they make fifty thousand dollars. I don't know if they make, but let's say they make fifty thousand dollars. You can take this pill, shot, cream, what the fuck ever it is, and you could get to double A and make a hundred thousand dollars. Are you doing it? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. If you find a kid in double A and you say to him, you could play triple A baseball and make $250,000 by taking this pill, cream, what the fuck ever. Right. Right. You're going to sit there and do it. If you're a triple A kid, and they say you can make fifty thousand five hundred thousand dollars with the ability to stay there and make more money and make generational wealth where your family doesn't have to live in squalor. Fuck. 
Where do I sign up? The Yankees had a kid like yeah. that. His name was Melky Cabrera. Yeah, no, that, that, that was Melky. Uh, that's true. Yeah, like you look at Robinson. Milky. You know, look, look at Robinson. You know, maybe he gets. If he's totally clean, maybe he gets that DJ LeMayhew type of deal. Six years, $90 million. Or you can get 10 years at 240 Yeah. Where do you go? You go for and, 240 Right. The fan itself, themselves, would say, hey, I would just love to play the game. I'd give my – I'd play for free. But Again, unfortunately, that's I have given not the way the world works. The, I have – how many times have I said to you, I had lunch with a few members of the New York Rangers, and it was, would you rather have a cup and $5 million or no cup and $10 million? What's the answer? $10 million. $10 million. That's – Anybody. That's anybody in business. If you said to me, now we know I love my quarry job, right? Mm-hmm. I love my job. If they were to run a train line from Las Vegas to Reno or Las Vegas to Los Angeles and they came. To, they sent me a message on LinkedIn and said, uh, "Mr. Brew, we see that you've been with uh, your quarry job for this many years. Uh, we would like you to be one of the first uh, conductors we bring in, or first whatever they we bring in, and we are going to match your salary." and give you 30% for moving. Guess where the fuck I'm going. Now, before you make, <laughs> before you make that decision, is Johnny Fratt yeah. going with you? No. no then I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. No. You can't leave Fratt. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, if you... If my quarry job said to me, hey, you know what? You do a great job what you do. We want to make you something else. Right? How much more money is it? It's 20% more. Where the fuck do I sign up? Yeah. Where do I sign up? Yeah. And that, that's why I, I try to get to my friends that we had this conversation with. It's like mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to be compensated for the good work that you do and for that potential. You know, it's it's like, well, if I'm playing the game, I'd rather, yeah, I play for nothing. Yeah. Well, that's you. Yeah, but see, that's because at, you were good any, enough to be right. put in the position. Think about it this way. Well, we'll take out the, the professional athlete part of this. Yes, absolutely. If you're a high school kid, 
whose parents can't afford for you to go to a college, and somebody says to you, take this, you will go and get a scholarship to play whatever sport you want to play. Right now you're going to a Mac school. You take this, you may be going to USC. Fuck, where do I sign up? But and then you take that and you keep doing it into the NFL and you get popped twice. Hi, Brian Cushing. (laughs) Me, Romanowski Jr. Yeah. You know, you you can even just flip that over where even that Mac school is now going to give you a scholarship where you wouldn't have got it prior. No, I'm saying you're getting you know, a scholarship to go to a Mac school. Yeah. But, you know, you take this and you become bigger, faster, stronger. You can go to any school you want. No, listen, uh, right? I, don't fault at, I don't fault anybody for their decisions. It's a business and decision. The only, the only thing I say is... If you fail testing, that's when it's held against you. You know, I can sit here and, you know, everybody can, can say, hey, listen, you know, this is when Bond started using, this is when Clemens started using, but you can't tell me exactly when they started using, first off. And secondly, no. if you are using that specific timeline, prior to that timeline, both players were already recognized multiple times as the best at their positions. Yeah. And then once again, after that timeline, there was no testing. And then once testing was brought in, did any of those players fail that testing? So if you can't say yes on any of those, yeah, you're done. Like Ryan Braun, to me, never gets in. Belongs in. Definitely a great player. You know, what he did, what A-Rod did, you know, especially when A-Rod went, he he went torch the earth on people. You know, I think the writers are going to remember that. You know, he's not, you also remember, I know he technically did not fail a test when he got the 211 game suspension. The guy was suspended for 211 games for PED. You got... You can't let the person with the highest, you know, suspension recorded into the Hall of Fame. But it's here's the thing, asinine If you get that. But see, here's my, here's my question to you, though. Did A-Rod get caught using steroids? Did he fail a test with the biogenesis? No. He, I believe he was on the Mitchell, I think. Or was he on the New York Gods line? He was on I the... I check that. He was on the... He, he was only found... He was on the blind test. Right, so he was on the... Right. And that's what he admitted to K, Katie Couric. Yeah. So he admitted to using steroids. 
and then he did it afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. For me, that that's a total, you know, non-starter, you know, conversation with me. I, and I consider him null and void. Just like once again with Brian Braun when he went uh, scorched earth on that poor uh, on that poor guy. You know, I think that on top of the steroid thing, him doing that to the to the other person. You know, I, yeah, I think makes him you know a no go. Yeah, he should be under five percent. You know, when he comes up for the Hall of Fame, like don't even give him a chance. Arod's going to get a chance, but Arod's going to be like Manny, where he's going to be stuck in limbo. I think. And I think he'll always be around thirty percent after his ten years, maybe at forty-five, but I don't see him going more than that. Yeah, I, I kind of look at it. With A-Rod, I, I really do think there's a witch on him. Well, I think he brings it on himself, though. Yeah. You know, I, and I do agree I think with you that people, people look harder at him. But I think it's brought on by himself. I don't think so. I think, I think a lot of A-Rod's problems started the day... Steve Phillips went after him. Yeah. Like and he busted out the twenty-four plus issue. one. I think a lot of it started with that. I think a lot of it. I think it escalated because of the was Esquire interview with G, the thing about Jeter. Yep. And like I say, the Derek Jeter media henchman. Which is a legitimate thing. One of those guys writes for Major League for MLB.com now. In Mark Feinstein. Mark Feinstein was is Derek Jeter's ghostwriter. Every time a big story came out about A Rod, where do you think it came from? Derek. Mark Feinstein. Yeah. Mark Feinstein. And Derek. Yeah, it came from Derek. Yeah, I don't. You know, Derek was the worst fucking teammate going, but they, they made it up to A-Rod. A-Rod was a great teammate. Nobody's ever said anything bad about it, A-Rod. Nobody's allowed to say anything bad about Jeter because you'd fucking laugh at him. Well, it's like the Joe DiMaggio no, thing, right? DiMaggio was a shitty teammate. The only reason they came out was because of Mickey. Right. But in other baseball news, your Phillies, uh, they got JT back. They got Didi back. Mm-hmm. You know, Archie Bradley. I, I think uh, the NL East will be tough this year. Yeah, Everybody's making improvements, except for Miami right now. I also think there's a chance that David Robertson's back. Did, did he sign yet or no? Because last time I checked, he no. was still, he's still available. Yeah, I think he's like one of those guys that has a chance of coming back. Well, he should be like a minimum guy with incentives. So, you know, I would love to see him get another chance over there. You know, he has a lot of people in his corner with Girardi. So, you know, I'm sure that that if they want to do that reunion, they, they could. 
And it's a risk-reward thing. You know, he's oh, yeah. gotten a lot of money for nothing. <laughs> well, that's not his You're fault. You're signing him to a minor league deal. Yeah. No, the Yankees destroyed his arm. <laughs> and who, who's the manager of the Yankees that burned him out? Joe Girardi. Mm, well, Aaron Boone, actually. No, I mean, look, D-Rob's they both, a lot of They both did. Yeah. But that's because D-Rob's got a rubber arm. Well, he had one. Great guy, though. Yeah, I'm trying to... Uh... Yeah, like, looking at those teams right now, I I don't think I can pick a winner right now or a leader in the clubhouse. You know, because they all got really talented lineups. Um, Washington's I know. Great I'll, I'll of, tell you who's not, the, I'll tell you who's not the leader in the clubhouse. They still need a. They still need work there, and I started reading. Yeah, I started reading on MLB trade uh, rumors that Jackie Bradley Jr. wants more than four years, and I'm like, I, I get he's a great defensive outfielder. I get that, mm-hmm. but do the Mets need another left-handed outfielder? Comforto, Nemo, you know, and that's going to be if you bring Bradley, that's a, that's a that's a fourth one. You know, if you were to go make a trade for Kiermaier in Tampa Bay, very good defensive outfielder, not probably not as top as Bradley, but you know, is definitely he's what two time platinum winner, platinum glove winner. Mm-hmm. You know, right handed bat. You know, and you could probably get them, well, get him for maybe a little cheaper in terms of prospects because he's signed for, I think, three for 36, I read. And I'll I'll do three for 36 versus, what, six for 90? Let's say if he tries to push for a DJ LeMahieu-type contract. I think the problem with JBJ is, is this like something I said we should talk about on the show like months ago? Where this this is well, going to turn between, I think this is just like I, remember I said to you there's something I want to talk about the show I don't want to, I want to just like throw it out there. Uh-huh. This is it. The Red Sox, Red Sox ownership wants to keep Jackie Bradley Jr. Red Sox baseball ops don't want to keep Jackie Bradley Jr. because he's not offensively he's offensively challenged. Great fielder, offensively challenged. John Henry doesn't want to give him up because, God forbid, he gives up another African-American player. And since John Henry in the Boston Globe is so fucking woke, they don't want to make that move. And, you know, I get it, you know, especially losing two African-American players, actually three in back-to-back years because you traded away Price, right, Price and Betts. But you can't, you can't say you can't. 
but if you are running your team based on ethnicity, then you got problems. You know, you really should be looking at your team and what can help. And listen, I'm not saying that Jackie Bradley can't help. But you know and I know last year was an anomaly. We hit like 280 last I mean, year. At this and point, play, he's, he's trying to cash in on a good 50 games. I mean, at this point, they might as well bring back, bring Isla Borders in the pitch. Or get like Monet Davis to pitch for him because that's what they're trying to do. You know, in the same article, they, they said that, you know, the reason why they want to pay him pay him that long of a contract is because they can see him becoming a fourth outfielder later on. So I'm going to pay somebody, let's say, upwards of $15 million a season to be a fourth outfielder? No. Speaking of, the Yankees are going to pay about $8 million for a fourth, out, fourth outfielder. Uh, Gardner? Mm-hmm. I'll take him. And, and, and you know what? When one of the guys inevitably gets hurt, Aaron Hicks, he'll play every day. John Carlos Stanton. Clint oh, Frazier, yeah. if he can't prove that he that, that he can uh, stay there. My wife knew exactly who I was talking about without saying any. <laughs> well, so that's why you're yeah. married. You guys are simpatico. I, I just kind of, I, I kind of think like the Mets aren't. I, I can tell you right now, the Mets are not signing Trevor Bauer. They're I think he's make playing them. Be, no, I, I, I can tell you exactly what's happening with the Mets. There is no way, with all the bad publicity they've gotten this year, to take a tantrum over Ballard. Because he's going to send a tweet that's going to get him in trouble. Yeah. Well, look at all the shit that's coming down right now with Mickey Calloway, with Jared Porter. You know, the, I heard the thing. I heard, you know, I've heard the thing about Mickey Calloway for years, though. Yeah. They're just trying to find an exit strategy for um, for him. Yeah, no I don't think they can. Uh, two guys that are this bad. Was Sandy the, the GM with uh, Mickey? Yes, right? Yep, he hired him. Yeah. He hired Jared Porter. Didn't hire Carlos Beltran. No. Well, you have to figure. You know, they they can easily use his health as at his age as exit strategy for him. Um, mm-hmm. I can see him going hard next year after Theo. You know, I think. Yeah, you know, honestly, I I see the Mets as 
Theo's next stop. I don't. I don't think Theo's going to want to work with Steve Cohen. And by the way, this Steve Cohen thing is not going to go away. This game stops here. No. No, he deleted Twitter already. That's because Portnoy. That's because Portnoy went after him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Portnoy. He, uh, he went hard after him last week. Boomer and Silas um, went after him. And, and he didn't want to piss off the fucking. What's that? I think they say he lost seven hundred fifty million dollars. I can believe it. Yeah, because he had a bankroll, um, the place that borrowed all that GameStop. GameStop. Yeah, I think it was called Melvin. Yeah. Melvin. Yeah. No, yeah, listen, the, the Mets have. You know, the Mets have to really figure out what their point of view is or what their direction is going to be. Um, because you can't you can't I mean, keep doing, yeah. You know, they're spinning the hamster wheel right now. That's really all they're mm-hmm. doing. They're 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 doing bad hire after bad hire. And they're really wasting Jacob Degrom. Yeah. But listen, I can see them signing Bauer. You know, I I see it's either them or the Angels in my eyes. I can't see them signing them because of Trevor Bauer, because of what Trevor Bauer is. Trevor Bauer is this generation's coach. Yes. But it's even more so because it's um, more because it's actually right with the social media stuff. You know, at least with Schilling when he was a player. He didn't have this platform. Mm. You know, if he had it, he probably would have shot. I think he would have shot himself a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, Schilling, the whole thing with Rhode Island doesn't help Schilling. You know, I mean, there's a lot of shit with Schilling, but Trevor Bauer is this generation's pursuing. Well, also, you know, you can't see, the Mets can't sign him because you know, recently he was attacking a woman writer. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're going to make it sound like, oh, he wanted the extra year, they didn't want to go the extra year. But what it's really going to turn into is they just don't want the bullshit. And you know, I think it would be refreshing if they just said it like that. Listen, you know what? He's a great pitcher, which let's he had great – 12 starts last year, and he had a good half the season two years prior to that. Um, mm-hmm. But you can say he's a great pitcher. However, you know, we just felt with all the extra stuff, you know, it doesn't fall with our culture. So, you mm-hmm. know, we're going to, you know, do it this way. And, you know, if they were honest and they said something like that, you know, I, I, I would stand up and applaud them. They won't. No, I don't think they will, now. But, you know, they still need another pitcher of that team. 
Because um, mm. I don't think that pictures can... Book. Right, you don't know what you're getting from him. You know, so whatever you get you know, after July next year, they, count your blessings. But they move uh, mats for nothing. Well, they had to clear the, the payroll, so... Because what was he getting, like, Why, because six million or what? a shitload of money? <laughs> yeah, he lost $750 million, man. You have to shave it somewhere. But their big four can't go against, you know, Washington's big four. No. You know, Strasburg, um, Scherzer... You know, Corbin and Lester now. I really thought Lester was going to go to Philly. Yeah, it would have been nice. And this is just me speaking as a baseball fan, not as a fan Mm -hmm. of the team. But it would have been nice to see him go home. You know, pull a pennant, go home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you accomplished everything I, in your I, career. I think the thing with you the, know, they, the whole Boston thing, though, was I think there's a lot of there's a lot of hard feelings there. Yeah, but there's been a lot of you know water under the bridge. Time has went by. You've left. You you were a champion. You made a lot of money. You know, it was the way they did it, though. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like I said, for a baseball fan, I think it would have been nice to see him go home. You know, great great players uh, retiring or – because you have to figure this has to be it, right? If not this year, then next. Yeah. He he signed a one-year $5 million deal, which probably shows me that he's probably looking for another ring. Oh, it could be the fact that Boston didn't offer him anything. Yeah. Because if Kluber signs for 11, and he only pitched one inning last year, yeah. you know, why is it? You know, why is Lester only getting five? And like I said, for me, that just shows he just took less to go to Washington. Yeah. Because he had, he, had, he had to have better deals out there. He might have. Well, you know what? Also, the way you figure it, he also had, what, a $12 million buyout. So the way he's yeah. saying it, he's getting paid $17 million for next year. But she bought a shit ton of Bud Light or Miller Light with and fried chicken. Yeah. No, he was part of the whole fried chicken thing. That was all. What's this thing? Charles Beckett. <laughs> no, was it was it him? Because was it Beckett, Lackey, it was Beckett. and uh, Lester? No, it was Beckett. Yeah. All right, well, we're in overtime, and my yeah. wife just came into bed. Yeah, my wife's starting to give me that look, too. All right. Um, yeah, it was good Is it the come-hither look? 
Yeah, well, happy 12th yeah. anniversary. Thank you. It's, uh, and are you, it's been are you a doing time. a show after the Super Bowl or no? I know they want to do on Friday as a super, like a Super Bowl preview. Um, I'm going to be like literally driving home with the Knights game on my iPad in the back in the background while I drive home. So, if they do it. All right, well, you know, we'll figure it out and we'll talk later. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>